just like that you found us. My name is Ken, and I'm joined by my son, William. Welcome to our journey as we discuss music, life, and our shared love of coffee. This is Studio 36. Okay, William. It's been a week as it settles in that Papa Jack is no longer with us. And, yeah. um, you know, we won't uh, belabor that too much here, although it was a really interesting uh, couple weeks for me. I, I was going to share a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yesterday, uh, Father's Day was was definitely a hard one for me. I, there was um, no phone calls coming in and no phone calls going out. Uh, of course, I had the... Uh, was treated a good Father's Day from from you kids, but I did I did miss uh, Papa Jack yesterday. So yeah, um, but why don't you go ahead and share with me a little bit about your week, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into mine. Um, I didn't have way too much going on this week, although one event that does stand out is I got to have a little impromptu date night with my girlfriend, which is something that we haven't done for a little bit we just ended up ordering food and you know doing like a movie and stuff together but yeah was Um, it a movie you were looking forward to or just you just picked one we just picked one well she was looking forward to it i was just kind of okay with watching whatever um you know we watched uh the newest guardians of the galaxy she has a way to get movies that recently came out so cool so yeah well that's fun was it good yeah. Have I have good. I seen that one yet? Um no, you have not. Okay. Well, I, I look forward to it. I, I love Chris Pratt. <laughs> so, well, that's nice. I mean, it's just it's nice to have uh, people around and people that we get like to spend time with and yeah. um so that's great. I you know, for me, uh you know, just setting the the grief and and sorrow aside, it was really a uh, a joyful week if I could say that. Uh, exploring the history of our family back to our Irish roots. And I think that that was, you know, a little bit therapeutic uh, to go through that. Uh-huh. And uh, so some things that I learned, uh, did you uh, know that uh, in the 6th century, I don't know if I mentioned you this week, we had ancestry um, that goes back to a saint who was one of the 12 apostles in Ireland. Huh. So that's the furthest back we could go into Northern Ireland. Um, But we can trace our detailed family tree back to 1804. And uh, it was was an interesting story. Uh, The, what we'll call Generation One there in 1804, immigrated during the Great Potato Famine of 1846. And I can just imagine this journey, or maybe I can't imagine it. So they went from Northern Ireland to Liverpool, and they got on a boat called Lapland with two little kids. And they arrived at New Orleans. Um, so that was their their trip. Mm-hmm. And then they traveled up the Mississippi to Galena, Illinois. And then on to Leroy, Minnesota. Finally through Montana and settled in the Northwest. And there were some years in between there. And there were other children uh, that were born along the path. But that's ultimately how... Uh, our ancestors got to the Northwest. Huh. Um, lots of kids. This is yeah. just really interesting. So that first generations, that would be John Peter the uh, first in 1804, had seven kids. Uh, that's your fourth great grandfather. 
And then in 1851, John Peter II came along, 12 kids. Uh, That was your third great-grandfather. And then in 1880, Peter Joseph came along with 11 kids. And that's your second great-grandfather. And then John Peter III in 1916, known as Daddy Jack, came along. And he had three kids, uh, which, of course, are my father and uh, his two, uh, two sisters. And, uh, then of course, uh, John Philip, uh, my father came, came into, uh, this world in 1943 and, um, he had, uh, two kids, your uncle Kevin and myself, but he raised eight. So yeah. he was very involved. He loved kids. <laughs> uh, and he was raised and, and had a, a great family. He was raised by your grandma and grandpa Bloomfield. And, uh, he had, uh, ultimately had three sisters and a brother. And, um, so anyways, that, that was really interesting to go through. And at the same time, I was able to journey through boxes, albums, envelopes, and bags of photos. And, uh, that was a lot of fun to, to reminisce and see some old photos, some photos that, that I knew existed and then some photos that I didn't know existed. So that was a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, all in all, I think uh, the the journey, like I mentioned before, I think it was more of a healing process than anything. And I mm-hmm. think that's a good thing to go through. You know, I had thought some time ago, you know, it'd be good to really prepare for things like this, right? To get photos together, to um, do some reflecting. And I think that, I think I would rethink that. I think that when people are around, we live with them. Yeah. And then I think that this process is better left to, after they pass on, because I think it actually helps uh, to get through that. So, um, so that was my week. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, it, it, you know, it is what it is. It's it's sad, but it's joyful, and I'm just going to choose to to focus on the the grateful and joyful part of that. So, um, so why don't we get into our listening experience All from right. last week? Because last week was live <laughs> week. And I think that, uh, I think it's your turn. I think I want you to go first and let me know what you thought of the performance that I gave you. Well, I really enjoyed it. It was, um, overall is very, very short. I think, um, because Jack Black's opening speech there is probably about half of the video itself. Which it was, is it was good though, right? Yeah, it was a good opening speech. <laughs> He's awesome. He is great. Um I I sometimes I'll watch the stuff that he does on YouTube or um Tenacious D. I like their music, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jack Black's awesome. Um but yeah, he had a great opening speech there. And then it got straight into it. And um overall it was um short but sweet uh performances you know we had there was four different bands yeah four right and it was uh foo fighters and then followed by kid rock and then uh lenny kravitz right yep and then heart yeah you nailed it (laughs) um and for me i mean they were all great performances isn't that great though too i i don't know what that would feel like to perform songs in front of the artist that perform the song i would i would get so stressed personally right yeah um but getting straight into the performances here uh i think there is two standouts for me when it comes down to it and i love the foo fighters but i 
I don't think I'm going with them on this one. Uh, to start, my first pick has to be Lenny, Lenny Kravitz's Whole Lot of Love performance. I really liked that one. Yeah, I really I liked was... Lenny Kravitz too. And you know, I I I kind of agree with you on the the Foo Fighter thing. Although there yeah. is some nostalgia around um, Taylor Hawkins singing, I know that when uh, some of um, uh, when a couple members of Led Zeppelin joined them in Wembley. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't my favorite song that they did. I, I liked the ones that Grohl did. But, uh, you know, all in all good. But Lenny Kravitz, he rocks. I mean, he is he is a great performer. I thought just overall, with the Foo Fighters on this performance at um, Kennedy Center here, I feel like they just did it better at the Wembley Stadium. Right. So that's kind of, I guess, why they fall lower on my ranking here. You you know why that probably is because they get energy from the their fans. Yeah, and, and not that they didn't have fans in this room, but if you think about it, when they played it before, it was in an encore. Yeah, I mean they had already gone through the concert at Wembley, and they have gotten all this energy pent up from the fans. And when you combine a little bit of exhaustion with with energy from people, it creates some pretty special stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my first performance that I'm picking is Lenny Kravitz, Whole Lot of Love. But then as for my soul pick here, it, it has to go to Stairway to Heaven by Heart. Well, right. performed by Heart. Um, of course, we know that's by Led Zeppelin. Uh, but yeah, I I thought it was just a really pretty performance. It was, you know, a great um, ending to the collection of... So I'm curious, did you have, because you know that this is, that's the funny story of, of me crying in front of mom when I yeah. saw that, right? That's, but did you have any emotional reaction to the, uh, the takes that go between the performance and the band members up in the balcony? I wouldn't say emotional because my attachment to Led Zeppelin, I feel is a lot less personal than what you have. Uh, because I ultimately I just know them for their music, right? So it's a little bit more difficult to get that emotional attachment. Yeah, maybe it is me. the history. Yeah, maybe it was with you know with John Bonham's son playing with Hart on drums. Yeah, you know, and and the band members knowing you know this the the son of one of their former band members there also performing. It was just the whole the whole storyline for me. But uh, yeah. for me, it was a storyline, not just the music. I think you also kind of got to see them a little bit more, you know, before they were already known as, you know, one of the best bands ever versus, you know, my whole life. I've grown up knowing that, you know, historically in rock, Led Zeppelin is definitely up there and that a moment like this is coming for them. Actually, I feel like that's kind of where a little bit of that disparity comes in. But I thought the performances were, you know, good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we um, we did a similar thing at Live Week last week. We gave each other uh, shorter performances uh, on YouTube as opposed to a, like a live album. Yeah. Uh, which was nice because the one that you gave me uh, was only a 37-minute performance. Uh, yeah. That was great. Uh, it was... As opposed to our normal two-hour, right. three-hour <laughs> live albums. So you gave me BTS uh, performing at the MMA Awards. Um, this is a band that uh, formed in 2010. It's a boy band with seven members. 
And they're also known as the Bang Tang Boys from South Korea. So maybe that's where the BTS comes into yep. play. And BTS stands for Bang Tan Sunny Dan. I don't know if I said that all right, <laughs> but it's not as important that I say it right as much as what it means. It means bulletproof Boy Scouts. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And they, huh. they describe that um, as uh, they're there to block out stereotypes, criticisms, and expectations that aim on adolescents like bullets. And it, it just is a, it, they're there for, if you will, a good cause. I mean, they're making a yeah. lot of money too, but they're good there for a good cause. Um Another thing I found interesting, though, is that they, uh, as they mature, they suggested that BTS stands for behind the scene. And so this is a little <laughs> bit of their rebranding because they're not going to be boys forever, right? Yeah. I always think that's kind of funny when you see boys to men because I'm like, no, they're kind of men, right? Men to old men now. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, their genre is K-pop, which is Korean popular music. Yep. Um, which bags the question, why aren't, why aren't we A-pop, you know? Yeah, why do I, we I feel just like get pop? So Are unfair. we just so arrogant that we get pop and everybody yeah. else has to label their pop with their uh, initial? But uh, well, there's actually probably. there is some a little bit on the side of conspiracy between uh, Billboard and what they want to publicize versus you know what's actually popular worldwide. That's really? why they do the whole you know K-pop instead of just pop, even though BTS has numbers that compete and honestly dominate a lot of our billboard charts oh interesting well they are they are the first uh non-english speaking act to sell out both wembley stadium and the rose bowl those are two sizable stadiums mm-hmm. okay so a little bit about the performance you gave me uh mma stands for melon music awards yes uh, it's held in late november early december a melon is a uh is an online music store so just yeah. to put that in perspective so when they did these awards uh, in the early 2000s, around 2005 for a few years, they held those awards online. Uh, but then they moved offline in Seoul, Korea since 2009. The, uh, the way that they distribute the awards, I think, is also interesting. They break it down into three categories. 60% of the award goes to the digital sales. 20% goes to the online voting. And just twenty percent goes to the judges' score, so I think that's a nice breakdown because it it mm. uh, covers all bases, right? Yeah, the favorite the favorites of the fans, but also as told by the way they purchase their music, and then some judges. Um, in this particular awards, which I believe is two thousand nineteen, uh, BTS uh, really got all the major prizes. They got record yeah. of the year, they got album of the year, and they got persona and song of the year. So about the performance itself and the songs. So they opened uh, the performance or the event with Map of the Soul, the show is what they called it. Uh, So this is how they got into their 37-minute performance. So if you think about it, this is an award show. Yeah. It's a 37-minute performance. Oh, I know. It's pretty incredible. Like I said, they were at the top of their game here. Right. They just kind of let them do what they wanted. Well, I, I failed your challenge. I could not name all seven members of the band, but the, the main <laughs> one, RM, I can. So uh, it started with uh, the intro uh, solo from RM, who really takes the lead on almost like the MC of this 37 minutes. Yeah. And then it goes into one of their uh, singles from 2014, Boy in Love. And uh, then, then it rolls into... 
uh, Microcosmos with an intro by RM. And I thought the intro was was interesting, a, a little bit ominous, but I think it was really interesting in what it set up. Uh, he said, in the beginning, I did not shine so bright. <laughs> I only knew my best to shine. But we found each other and our universe was born. Now let us shine on each other. We are no longer small. Just as the universe expands, our universe will last forever. And then that just kicked off a series of mini stages mm-hmm. um, for each of the seven members of the group to kind of tell their story. So I yeah. thought that was really cool. So I don't have a, a, a particular song pick because I really think that this was more about the performance. Yeah. The music was great, but uh, but the performance just really was spectacular. It was a, it was a very interesting uh, performance to watch. So thanks for uh, expanding my... Uh, <laughs> my uh, listening experience internationally and i think why don't we move on to this week's listening experience i'm i'm really excited about it but uh, again i'm going to ask you to go first and share with me the album you'd like me to listen to this week all right so i have yet i believe my third jazz album for you now uh are we on 3 you had like Sam Cooke? That's not jazz. Was that R&B? Yeah. I would consider that more R&B. Soul. I feel like there's a little bit of jazz in Sam Cooke. Huh? I might challenge you I, on that. You I feel like right. that particular album, I feel like, was more R&B and soul. But he was in a jazz club. Okay. I don't know. Okay, anyways, yes. You, you have <laughs> given me a few. They've all been great, by the way. Um, And I'm giving you what I believe is my first modern jazz album. And I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Uh, This was created in, not created, but posted in 2022. And it comes to us from two young artists that go by the name Domi and J.D. Beck. Nice. So did they need to make this uh, during the pandemic? Or do you think it's just kind of just post of not being able to be in isolation? I think a a combination of both. Okay. Um, I saw some pretty spectacular um, acts that that performed together virtually, which was really kind of cool. Yeah. Or they were just safe and they performed together, like uh, like Carter Buford and, and uh, Dave Matthews did some stuff in the studio. But as they moved through the studio, they would wear their mask. And anyways, I digress. Uh, <laughs> go on with your 2022. No, uh, it's okay. Um, so this group is kind of similar. I'll spoil one of the features on this album. Uh, but they have Thundercat on this album, and they kind of use the music scene similar to a way that Thundercat does, where it's not about all you know making their own music, all that kind of stuff. They just like working on things, and I think that's what makes Thundercat such a great feature in this album. Um, to give you a little bit of an explanation on the dynamic, so um, Domi is the keyboard player. And then J.D. Beck is the drum player. That's just about it. Um, they'll both do a little bit of singing. Uh, the female is Domi, and then the mass, uh, the guy is J.D. Beck. And Did they try and, uh, I, I mean, I'll listen to this, of course, but they try and fill in other types of instruments using the keyboard? Yes, but they'll mostly just bring in another artist and that's the next thing i wanted to get into is i really like how they do features on this album 
I feel like instead of, you know, how features have been in popular music lately, it's just kind of, oh, I want this person here because they would sound good singing this first. Versus um, when these two bring in a feature, it feels more like they're actually collaborating to create something new, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like they aren't just writing a part for somebody else or having someone come in to fill a section of the song. It seems like the person was actually a core part of building the song. So that is one thing that I wanted to mention. Um, I can stop talking about these two now. I can just go straight into my deep cuts for you. The two songs that I want you to listen for on this album this week are Two Shrimps featuring Mac DeMarco and then Take a Chance featuring Anderson Pat Pac. Pac. It's one of the two. But yeah. Um nice. I don't want to spoil way too much because I think it's just a really fun album uh, to listen to. Sounds like it's going to be fun. And, and so, the, yeah. the one I'm giving you, it's going to be a lot of fun for you as well. Uh, I'm giving you an artist that was formed in Seattle in 1994 as a one-man project. Huh. Um, it is considered post-grunge, and their performances began uh, in Portland, not too far away. Uh, they are uh, awarded uh, many uh, awards, 15 Grammys, five-time uh, Best Rock Album. Um, they won, uh, they've been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, in, in 2021. And they lost their drummer in 2022, and they took a year off. So I am talking about the Foo Fighters. We're going to bring back a new Foo, Foo Fighters. All right. But what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to bring back their brand new album. Oh. So I, uh, I challenged myself to, uh, to listen to this. And then with the, with the extra week, I listened to it even more. And it got better as I listened to it. It was released on June 2nd of this year. Uh, it's their 11th studio album. And of course, it did not have uh, Taylor Hawkins. They now have a, a different drummer, Josh Freeze. And uh, Josh is from the uh, the Vandals and Devo, but he also has a lot of uh, studio work. Um, in fact, I think he's been in a, a session drummer for uh, over a few hundred. I think actually over 400 recordings. Um, he's played with other bands, Guns N' Roses, Nine Inch Nails, Weezer, Sting, just to name a few. And... Um, but Grohl, I believe, in the studio album, not live because they're out touring again, but in the studio album, I think Grohl is the one who played the drums for the oh, album. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so this was a really interesting album, and and it was, you know, as we know, the band, uh, specifically Dave Grohl, has has uh, been impacted by two losses. Right, Taylor Hawkins and his mother passed away as well, and we know how much his his mother meant to him from his book. Uh huh. Um. So this is a is interesting from that perspective because it definitely reflects uh, where he was at. Um. The this album is characterized as a brutally honest and emotionally raw response to everything Foo Fighters have endured recently. And I would say it's not just one or two songs. I think it's the whole album. Um. Spin wrote uh, in their review of this album. If you don't get a big fat lump in your throat or head-to-toe goosebumps all over your body while listening to But Here We Are, you may not have a pulse. So that's the name of the album, is But Here We Are. And um, so, you know, a bit about the songs. I think when we, when we listen to uh, J. Cole's For Your Eyes Only, 
I think we referred to that as possibly like a love letter. Yeah. And so if that's a love letter, then this is more of a, a memorial or a celebration or a holding on and letting go at the same time. So this is a, this is really a, an interesting album. Uh, as described by the band, the first 10 songs that run the emotional gamut from rage and sorrow to serenity and acceptance and a myriad of points in between. Um, so the particular songs that I enjoyed, I enjoyed Under You. Uh, it sounds like early Foo Fighters. There's a lyric in that song. There are days I can't remember. There are days that last forever. Someday I'll come out from under you. And so you'll see this theme in a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the songs. The next song that I liked was called The Glass. It starts with a nice uh, melody and then it opens up to a really big sound. Uh, and I think that it's it's actually a great live song, or I think it will be a great live song. Um, nothing at all. I think you'll really enjoy because it, it sounds like Nirvana. Okay. So uh, not necessarily at the beginning of the song, yeah. but as you get later in the song, you'll be like, gosh, I think Nirvana could have played this song. Huh. Well, my pick for this album is the one that starts the album off called Rescued. Uh, it is their first single, and uh, the lyrics just are really strong. And you know what kind of album you're going to get because it starts with, it came in a flash, it came out of nowhere, it happened so fast, and then it was over. And um, so you're going to love this album. I think that if you travel through this album the way that I did, I think that at first you're going to be listening to it from the loss of Taylor Hawkins. Okay. You have to break through that though, because yeah. I actually think that this is one of the best Foo Fighter albums there are out there. Okay. They did a great job with this album. So uh, this week I'm giving you, but here we are by the Foo Fighters, their latest album. And you're giving me not tight by JD Beck and Domi. Awesome. Domi and JD Beck, whatever way you want to put it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk about it next episode. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. 